From WUSC-FM and HD1 Columbia, I'm Kendall Smith. And I'm Lydia Blackstone. This is Politically Inclined from WUSC News. up on this week's show. The mayor race here in Columbia is heating up as we get closer to the election happening this fall. Tonight we have mayoral candidate and councilwoman Tamika Isaac-Devine. We will talk about her vision for the Columbia community and the possibility of her becoming the city's first female mayor. All that and more tonight on Politically Inclined. is first. You're listening to Politically Inclined on WUSC News. Now we have coming up a very exciting interview on Politically Inclined. We were joined by Tamika Isaac-Devine. She is running in the mayor race here in the city of Columbia that will take place in early November. And Lydia, I'm very excited for all of our listeners to hear this interview. It was certainly a great time sitting down with her this morning. We were able to sit down with some other candidates, so it's nice to hear another one and very exciting. So yeah, we'll go ahead and listen in. City, Tamika, thank you so much for being with us today. Oh, wow. Thank you so much, Kendall and Lydia. It's great to be here with you. Yeah. And just first to start it off, um, what was the reason that you decided to run? What made you want to run? Mm-hmm. Well, I will say I am um, I'm a Columbia native. Uh, I grew up here in Columbia and went away for college and came back here for law school. Uh, when I first started um, or first ran and got elected to city council, uh, I ran uh, to be an independent voice for the citizens of Columbia. And over the last 18 years, I feel like I've been able to do that. Um, and uh, But as an at-large council person, there's only so much you can do as far as moving forward on really moving the needle on a lot of things. And so uh, I've learned a lot being a council person. I'm also you know, a member of the National League of Cities Board of Directors, so I understand how our city interacts on a, a federal level as well. Um, but I also see the way uh, if you have a mayor that is um, has priorities and is dedicated to growth and uh, and inclusion in our city, how many how much resources they can actually bring to the table. So when Mayor Benjamin uh, said he was not running for re-election, I decided to um, to uh, put my hat in the rink and, and run. And again, I'm running to continue to be an independent voice, but also someone who is championing all communities, no matter where you are in the city and promoting inclusive growth in our city, which I think um, our city has grown really well, but there's been parts of our city that have not been part of that growth. And I wanna be uh, make that one of my top priorities. Tamika, what do you feel like the main platform issues of your campaign are and why are they so important to the citizens of the Columbia area? Well, I think it probably depends on what citizens you're talking to, like what their priorities are. So I said my priorities are, again, being that independent voice um, and championing all communities. So the priorities in, you know, Shandon and Rosewood may be different than the priorities in North Columbia and um, and Two Notch Road, 
But I think as mayor, you have to be able to balance the, the, the issues and be able to promote inclusion. And so my priorities are really that is, is promoting a uh, inclusionary and equitable city, making sure that our city is investing in uh, all areas of the city, uh, affordable housing, ad addressing homelessness, um, addressing climate change and, and the development of our city in a way, again, that's inclusionary and equitable are all my top priorities. But I will also tell you that when I launched this campaign, I launched uh, a divine listen session. So basically a listening tour. And I've been going all areas of the city, talking to the uh, citizens and finding out kind of what their priorities are and what they think the ne next mayor's priorities are. And so I think you're also going to need to have a mayor who understands how to balance the priorities of different areas of the city and not let those uh, priorities compete, but how do we bring those priorities together so that we're growing together? Mm -hmm. And so many students, students like us, are a bunch of us are from Columbia. Um, a lot have realized more with, I think, a lot of people more with COVID, all of that, um, how important local um, officials are in our daily life. Um, what do you think is the message to those who feel like voting might not matter in a mayoral race, um, especially with students? How do you think that how you impact them? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's a great question. And what I would tell people is that it, it is absolutely important for you to be involved in local elections. Uh, it is very important that you are involved in who your next mayor is, who your city council members are, who your county council members are, um, because we uh, we make decisions that impact your lives every day. And so, yeah, with COVID, you've probably seen it with, you know, the mask ordinances and the stay-at-home orders and the um, and things like that. But even more broadly thinking long-term, you know, how do we uh, build a, a an environment that's inclusive? So when you get out of school, uh, will you have affordable housing so that you could still live in the city of Columbia or do you have to move somewhere else because you can't afford to live here on a newly graduate salary? Uh, um, do you have a job? You know, are we promoting a, a government and a community that is a job creation and that we have uh, places uh, for you to work? Um, how's our cultural uh, environment, not just the nightlife, but, you know, the arts and other things. And, and is that is this a place that you want to stay? What we do know is that especially young people tend to uh, go where they want to live and then look for the job opportunities. And so we want people to want to live here in Columbia, but we also want the job opportunities here for you. So I think that's very important to all of you guys as students to, to know that you've got a mayor and a council who is focused on those things and understands how to make this Columbia community one that you want to stay in and that you can thrive while you're here. Mm -hmm. Tamika, you talk about your time on the city council and you actually have kind of developed a nickname as the project council person. So I wanted to ask you a little bit more about this. Your colleagues, your staff members call you the project council person. So explain what this means, how you took on this name and kind of how it's become your thing over the years. Yeah. So I will tell you, like I mentioned, you know, we've got, so we've got six council members, four are represented district. And so their district is really where they get in and make sure things are happening, whether it is zoning issues, development, et cetera. Then you've got two at-large members and I'm one of those at-large members. So I represent the entire city like the mayor, um, but um, you know, it, it is a fine line as an at-large council person because sometimes you get district members who sometimes don't take too kindly of you doing things in their district. And so I found my role as an at-large council person, being able to support the district members, but also, you know, of course, vote on um, policy moving forward. But I'm a doer. I'm somebody who rolls up my sleeves and gets things done. And so, you know, 
I've had to define my own role. So I've kind of become the project person because I've had to identify issues that are citywide issues that don't pertain to any particular district so that I don't kind of run the risk of ruffling the feathers of the district council people, but I am focusing on citywide, which is my constituency. So over the years I've worked at, you know, I've developed the homeless court that we have now and the domestic violence court. We're currently working on um, an eviction court that we'll be doing. Um, and that's one of my projects. I've worked on Let's Move Columbia, which is promoting healthy lifestyles. As I mentioned to you ladies that I just came from a right, nice brisk walk in the new uh, park and in, in the Bull Street development. Um, and so healthy lifestyles is very important to me and I've promoted that. Um, I've also worked on affordable housing and, and other issues that are more issues and projects. Um, I will say that the staff is, is I think the way the name, nickname came is because they, um, I think they have a love-hate um, relationship with the when I go somewhere and and look at what another city is doing or go to a conference because I come back with lots of ideas and I say, hey, how can we implement that? And so, you know, over the years we've implemented Bank on Columbia, which is, you know, how to get under, um, uh, uh, people who are unbanked or underbanked um, with a banking relationship. We've got the Columbia Kids Save program, which is our savings account program. Um, and so I usually go somewhere and I'll, I'll learn about something. And this morning on my walk, I was talking to somebody about urban gardens and how do we expand urban gardens here in the in Columbia, not just to help us be more environmentally environmentally friendly, how do we connect kids with nature more so they understand where their food is coming from and how important it is to eat more naturally. So those are kind of like how I got the project thing. And I like being a project person. And I think that also makes me uniquely qualified to be mayor because the mayor has to have vision and has to look citywide, but also has to look at how do you implement that vision into things that imp uh, to affect the lives of people every day. And that's what I'm already doing as a council person. You talk about your work life. Let's talk about your home life a little bit. You're a wife, you're a mother, you're a councilwoman. Why do you feel like it's so important for you to represent women who wear multiple hats in their lives and prove that you can be a mom and you can be a wife, but you can also have a career that you're passionate about as well? Oh yeah, I'm, I'm very passionate about that because as a, you know, as a professional woman, um, I, when I first got elected, I was single, no kids. Um, and so over the years, people have, um, you know, I, I, when I had my kids, people say, oh, you're still going to do that. How can you do it all? And I, and people don't tell men that they don't ask men that, you know? And so, you know, I feel like it's very important for women, especially young women to see a professional woman who is, you know, running a city, running a business and still being, you know, a mom and having a great home life. And, and so I think until that's more of the norm, we're going to continue to have people who feel like, you know, women have to choose one versus the other when men aren't expected to do that. And so for me, you know, in my life as a public official, as my life as a, a small business owner, um, I continue to, to advocate for women to step up and do whatever it is that they want to and not have to uh, compromise or sacrifice based on what someone else thinks, but know that, you know, we are examples. And, you know, to quite honestly, women, you know, and I tell people this all the time, because when I'm elected, I'll be the first female mayor of Columbia. And I tell people, it's, I'm not saying that women lead better than men, but we lead differently. And, you know, we're used to running our households or running businesses and everything else. And we do it all uh, while, you know, never skipping a beat. And I think that that is the kind of leadership that, you know, I could bring to the mayor's office as well. Yeah. And of course that would be a historic mayor. If you, to be the first um, female mayor of Columbia, that would be a huge deal. Um, and something you talked about earlier, um, you're looking to create an office of equity and social justice in the city of Columbia. If elected mayor, explain a little bit more about this office and what it would do in the importance of the Columbia area. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, definitely. So there are a lot of cities who are moving towards um, seeing how the city has a role to play in equity and uh, social justice. And it means from, you know, from the way we police to the way we invest our resources and, and do our budget. How do we um, how do we enforce, you know, code and how do we do zoning? And so, you know, I think we have to recognize that where we are in our country, our country has had a history of, of, of inequality. Um, and so over the last few months, I'm not sure if you guys saw it. We um, hosted, um, a, well, I hosted a discussion over four, a four-month period of time around the concepts that were um, explored in the book, The Color of Law. And this book actually talks about how governments, local, state, and federal government years ago segregated America. And so when you look down at the inequities, health disparities, food deserts, uh, neighborhoods with no sidewalks, um, when you look at development in downtown and the Vista and very uh, little development in other areas of the city, all of that was by design and we are still seeing the effects of it today. And so I think as a city leader, we have to be committed to looking at how do we govern and how do we implement policy in an equitable way. And so an office of, on equity and social justice will do that. There will be an, a chief equity officer who will look at how do we look at zoning and all of our ordinances and all of our policies and look at it through an equity lens. Because you might, uh, you might say, hey, we need a mask ordinance, but you have to understand in implementation is there parts of the city, um, uh, parts of our population who are going to be disproportionately impacted by this mask ordinance? And so an equity officer will look at everything the city does from budgeting to ordinances in an equitable manner and make, a, make um, uh, suggestions to the mayor on how to move forward in a more equitable way. Speaking of other issues to tackle, if you are elected the mayor of Columbia, an issue that really hits close to home for many students at the University of South Carolina involves the area of Five Points. And there have been multiple allegations of drugging and unsafe conditions at some bars in the Five Points area, even this semester. So how, as mayor, would you try to combat these issues and work to create a safer social environment for students here at the University of South Carolina? Mm -hmm. I think it's a great question. And I'll tell you, for, for many years, um, there's always been um, concerns on how do you support the thriving district of Five Points, um, but also make sure that you are regulating what happens at Five Points to the point that it keeps it safe and secure for people who work there and people who visit there. And so I think as mayor, um, it is incumbent upon uh, me to work with the Five Points Association, the the uh, business owners down there, the association, the, the surrounding neighborhoods, and the university to make sure that we're creating an environment that is safe uh, for any and everybody that wants uh, to be in five points. I do think we need to diversify what's in five points. It doesn't need to be just, you know, a bar and restaurant district, but we need to promote and support the small businesses that are retail and other things so that you have a diversity of folks who are enjoying the five points area. And then in addition to that, we've got to uh, regulate five points like we would anywhere else. And that means, you know, going in and making sure there is no underage drinking, make sure that there is no drugs and then you treat it like any place else. And that's going to require um, not only partnerships with the folks who, um, who work at Five Points, but also people who frequent Five Points. When you see or hear things and you know things that are happening, that law enforcement is called in and be able to address it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And then I want to go back to your divine listen sessions, uh, because I think this kind of goes to the point of transparency and communication as a public official. Why do you feel like communication with your constituents is so important as you go through this mayor race and then potentially look to win the office of mayor here in the city of Columbia? 
Mm -hmm. I think communication is very important. And I will tell you, divine listens is really just an extension of what I've always done as a council person. Uh, since I was first elected, I conduct monthly open houses and I've done it my entire time on council where I meet with citizens about any issue that they have, whether it's a complaint, whether it's a concern, whether it's an idea that they have. And um, I do that once a month. And so um, what I've learned through doing that is that there are a lot of people who don't feel comfortable picking up a phone and calling their council person because they have an idea or a question or a concern. There are people who, at, if even if at community meetings, they don't want to speak in front of other people and raise something. But if they're able to have a one-on-one -on -one dialogue with you, they're able to share more. And so because I've learned that and seen that and, and experienced that my entire time on council, I felt like as I embarked on this mayor's race, Divine Lessons was a way to do that. But what I also do with Divine Lessons, I ask them not just about what's happening in Columbia now, but what is their vision for Columbia? What do they think is should be a priority? Where do they see Columbia in the next 10, 15 years? And what it does is it promotes people to, to feel like they are part of Columbia. It's not about just electing people and then saying, hey, let them go do it. But it's about having people that you elect that will listen to your ideas and be able to help you be feel part of the vision and the future of, of Columbia. And so that's that's what um, Divine Listens is about. And certainly, you know, I, I plan to continue uh, some form of that as as mayor, you know, make sure that I have an open door policy that any constitu constituent can come and talk with me about any issue um, whenever uh, they feel like the felt whenever they feel the need. I like the name Divine Listens. That sounds good. I think it's kind of ironic that your last name is one of my favorite streets here, um, <laughs> Divine Street. <laughs> and my last question for you is there are several months up until the election. How are you preparing? What are you most excited for and what are you most nervous about? Wow, great question. Um, let's see. So um, I'm excited about the whole whole thing. I mean, we have we have really been able to hit the ground running. Um, uh, when I first launched, I got so many emails and calls from constituents that I've helped over the years. People I've just you know people I've mentored. People who don't know me but have seen me and 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 thought that um, you know they look up to me. And so um, I'm looking forward to being able to interact with citizens all across the city um, and really. Engage Engage with them on, in a meaningful way. And so, you know, we've been doing that and that's been exciting, especially coming out of COVID where we've all kind of been home and distant and not been able to really be with each other. Now that we're coming out of COVID more, we're still being safe, but we're still interacting. And so that, that social interaction with people and listening to people's ideas and, and them getting excited about the future um, is, is probably the most exciting. Um, I would say, I don't know if I'm really nervous about anything. What I would say is probably what, what, um, what concerns me the most is that um, I still feel like we are in a very divided city. Um, and so, you know, and there are still so many people who don't feel a part of uh, these, the system. And so um, I guess what I am, I guess maybe nervous about if, if that's the right word is being able to connect with people where they are and I've been doing that but going in and talking to folks whether it be you know in different apartment complexes or the club or you know different places I've been going to talk to people um, and, and getting them to feel like you know this is your government and you you can't afford to stay home and say it's not important my vote doesn't matter you know people are going to do what they want anyway i want people to feel like no this is you know you're um I, i'm i'm nervous about people feeling disenfranchised and so i'm very mindful about uh having ways that people can engage me on all levels and what's comfortable for them so that they feel like their government really is their government 
Thank you so much for being here. Yes, this was great. Thank you both. I appreciate the time. Yeah. That was Tamika Isaac Devine, Councilwoman and Mayoral Candidate. And that is all that we have for Politically Inclined this Monday night. Make sure to tune in each Monday at 6 p.m. for a discussion on the biggest political news. Politically Inclined is a production by WUSC News and is produced by Chelsea Bynes and Flynn Snyder. Make sure to also follow us on Instagram at WUSC underscore news and on Twitter at WUSC News. The music for Politically Inclined is called Fluffy by Smith the Mister. You can go find other news shows and WUSC News podcast at garnetmediagroup.org. From WUSC News in Columbia, I'm Kendall Smith. And I'm Lydia Blackstone. We'll see you next week.